Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national feminist current affairs program featuring the voices of women and gender diverse people. Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Carnegie. Women on the Line recognizes that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and their sovereignty was never ceded. On this week's episode, we talk about birth trauma, why so many women and birthing people in so-called Australia are experiencing it, and how it can be avoided. We revisit a conversation I had with NAM-based birth educator Vanessa Shribman in August last year, a few months after New South Wales began its inquiry into birth trauma, which received over 4,000 submissions. The inquiry found that one in three women experiences birth trauma, with some of the main reasons being high rates of medical interventions causing alternative risk, lack of consent from birthing people before initiating medical procedures, midwives being overworked and burning out, and a lack of continuity of care. Vanessa's work aims to empower women with the knowledge they need to know their rights, trust their bodies, and advocate for themselves in a medical system that is failing them. Maybe you can start by just telling us a bit about your background as a birth educator and the work you've done with women in your prenatal classes. Sure, sure. Um, So my background is as a yoga teacher, an Iyengar yoga teacher and a holistic physiotherapist. And the way I got into this was um, I had a very good birth experience in my 20s. I was lucky to sort of come into contact with uh, a, a great uh, private midwife. Um, I, you know, had a wonderful birth experience at home. Um, I saw the whole thing as very positive, very straightforward. My body did the right thing. And then I moved to Adelaide and I started teaching pre and postnatal yoga and became aware that there was just such massive trauma for women. And seemingly, first of all, uh, just over so many women, you know, it wasn't one or two, um, but it seemed to come so much from more the care they received than something going wrong with their bodies. Um, And I realised at that time, this was in 1990, that um, first of all, there was a big hole in women actually getting information. I mean, obviously that was pre-internet. It was really hard for women to find good information about birthing and inform themselves. And also, there, there, were, there were no, was no sort of education around practical skills. Like, if we, if we think about uh, birthing, um, you know, some birth educators describe it as a marathon. You know, it's a strong, uh, demanding physical experience. And, of course, for marathons, we prepare. We do a huge amount of preparation, um, both mental and physical, and oh, climbing a mountain, whatever else you'd like to see. Um, but in birthing, so many women do absolutely nothing, rather the opposite. So when I started my classes, I tried to fill in those holes. I tried to make sure that women would get all the information they needed to make good choices. I introduced or developed lots of practical skills so that they could <clears throat> breathe through discomfort, uh, get to know discomfort in their bodies, get to know that discomfort in labour is normal. Um, and, yeah, that's that's sort of how the classes um, developed. Um, yeah. Cool. I think um, that's a great point you make there about it being discomfort because I think one of the key things that I've learnt is, you know, understanding that it's not pain, that there's nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. because people associate 
pain with you know something being wrong with your body which then exactly is linked it. to medicalization you know treating that's that pain exactly, that's exactly it and if we've never just sat with discomfort if we've always run away from it uh we have no idea how to sit with the discomfort of um contractions over maybe 24 hours which is how long a normal birth was but let's say a first birth could possibly be so of course then we're going to fall apart and want uh, and need i would say um, pain relief all sorts of interventions to make it possible but of course then many women feel devastated by how their birth went because with intervention interventions i'm not against interventions at all if they're life-saving uh, um, um, and, and probably even if you know a woman feels that, that that's really what they need. But I think women aren't given any other choices. And just, just to put it sort of into context in Australia, um, uh, uh, we have very high intervention rates, much higher than other um, developed countries. So if you look at the World Health Organization recommendations, they say, look, about 85% of women can birth anywhere, you know, in a room, in the garden, up a tree, in a hospital, and they'll be fine. They just need good support. They don't need, you know, lots of intervention technology and so on. And about 15% of women will need some sort of assistance, you know, about 5% serious assistance, like a, a life-saving cesarean, 10% maybe some other assistance. But what that says is the vast majority of us are perfectly able to birth. And yet what we're seeing in Australia at the moment is over 90% of women will have some kind of intervention. And, of course, interventions uh, uh, have risks associated, um, harm associated with them. And when you start to use interventions on women that don't need it, you actually increase their risks of harm, of trauma and of morbidity and of babies. So uh, I'd just like to clarify that one uh, with one more thing is that I think <clears throat> uh, women have been given this message for so long in Australia, <clears throat> and you know I've been involved with birthing now for sort of 33 years, uh, they've been given this message that birth is really dangerous, really scary, and the only way you'll survive it and the only way your baby will live is if you completely surrender your power to the, the, the sort of health establishment. You don't ask questions, you don't need to know anything, we'll do everything for you. And I believe strongly that that's what's led to this really, really high levels of trauma, intervention, and and so on. Yeah, I mean, as we've learned from this um, inquiry into birth trauma, it's one in three women currently who are experiencing birth trauma. Why do you think this has happened here in Australia? Look, I think that there are a number of things. I think, as I said, the messaging for such a long time is that it's almost as though women are selfish to want anything more than a live baby. Now, birth is very safe. Uh, uh, you know, we're well-nutritioned these days. We have, you know, high levels of sanitation. We have all those interventions if women need it. But for different reasons, they're being used on everyone. Why is there a high, such a high level of birth trauma? I think that women have become very frightened of birth. They don't trust their bodies. They are also, <clears throat> I think, again, there's a very strong message not to trust their bodies, um, to uh, put them in the hands of 
the, um, the medical establishment. And of course, medical establishment is by its nature um, uh, um, uh, uh, want to intervene. I, I think there's a real lack of belief and understanding of just how amazing women's bodies are. They are absolutely designed to birth. That's how, um, you know, that's how the human race has stayed alive. Uh, they're so fine-tuned around birth. They're amazing what they do. But I believe that there is a real lack of um, uh, belief for women in their own bodies, and I believe there's a real lack of belief and education for healthcare professionals, apart from midwives, uh, around trusting a woman's body and let it do it, just sit by and let it do its thing. And the other thing, I think, in terms of uh, rates of intervention and the resulting trauma is that there is massive pressure on beds in hospital, there isn't enough staff. The, the, whole, uh, uh, um, the, the whole setup of birthing, if you like, is that women, you know, they, if you interfere, if you pressurise women, if you put time pressures on women, then that birth can become very complicated. Most women, as I said, can birth, um, uh, uh, you know, quite, quite happily, sort of just with good support. Uh, and, and, and interference, um, pressure uh, interferes with that, with that wonderful process. But, of course, that doesn't fit in with the hospital system where it's very hard to have enough staff to just be with that woman for 12 hours while she labours. It's much easier to book her in for a caesarean or book her in for an induction because then you know what's happening with the beds, then you know what's happening with the staff. And this is what we're seeing happening in Australia. So I think that's a contributing factor. I think the fact that women are terrified is a contributing factor. And I think that, that uh, um, <clears throat> there is very, very distorted reporting in the media. So that's another factor that women go, oh, OK, all these terrible things happen if I don't you know, go into a hospital, even though none of that is evidence-based.
Clink your glasses, melt the ice like ice Squeeze your glasses, melt the thighs like ice Clink your glasses, I'll flash it You are ready for it to feel this nice You are ready for it to feel this nice uh. I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot on my plate So you better eat it up before I take it away Y'all can't tell me shit I know who I am, know what I'm gon' get Vicious on the stage, delicious and I'm thick Just remember who birthed you, bitch I be rockin' microphones, ladies on my cherry bones Something they ain't seen before they live with my music on Tell the boys to watch the phone, I'm comin' be my locker phone Martinis while I work hey, on your gravestone I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate So you better eat it up before I take it away I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. So you better eat it up before I take it away. It's a woman's world. It's a woman's world. It's a woman's world. We just heard the track Women's World 2.0 by Okenio, Miss Blanks, and Jesua. We are now going to the second half of my conversation with birth educator Vanessa Shrubman, where she talks about the stories she hears from her clients, the birth industry, and what joy in birth and good care looks like. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's evidenced by the recent reports of, you know, midwives quitting in um, large numbers and um, midwives unions organizing and a lot of them leaving the system because I think that, you know, they don't feel like they want to be a part of um, this kind of birth trauma. And it's, it's quite disturbing that, you know, women are almost expecting to come out of a birthing experience with trauma. What sort of stories are you hearing from women, you know, both in your classes and just generally in the community? Look, I, um, you know, um, the, there, there are similar stories now to, to what they were 30 years ago. And so, you know, I feel like um, I feel actually 30 years ago, more women had better births than now. I think it's much worse than it was 30 years ago, but it was still the same similar culture. Um, stories that First of all, women um, pressurised into things they don't want, like having internals, uh, internal examinations. Women don't need internal examinations um, in labour. Uh, not even being asked their permission to have somebody's hand in their vagina, you know, which is such an intimate thing to be doing to a woman without introducing yourself and, and asking her permission. Um, women being forced, even physically, to stay on the bed if they wanted to get up and move around actually being held down on the bed uh, so that, that that's where they birth. And, of course, lying on your back on a bed is absolutely the worst physiological position and the most painful physiological position to birth a baby in. So, re- really, um, uh, all, all women asking for things and being told that their baby will die if they do that, if they don't take the induction now, they're putting their baby at risk, things that have absolutely no evidence behind them, um, there are no signs that that's the case, but it's this bullying domination around getting women to do what you want them to do. 
Yeah, and yeah. That, that's quite, yeah. you know, it's quite concerning to hear that, um, especially the mm. comparison from 30 years ago. Um, you mm. know, and yeah. I've, I've seen um, women my age, educated women across, you know, mm. um, professions, women who are lawyers, even women who are nurses, uh, social workers, they don't know, for example, that you can say no to the, to the tests mm. that they offer you in the hospital, which is a really yeah. basic, basic thing, right? It's astounding that I think women use, women and men in Adelaide, so I lived in Adelaide for a long time and ran a big yoga centre there and so ran birthing workshops uh, for couples and it was always amazing and still is amazing when I teach now here that women will say, uh, will I be allowed to do that? Or no, they tell me I'm not allowed. Well, what is this allowed? I mean, we're not living in an authoritarian regime here. It is our choice. There is a charter of rights in every state around your rights in a hospital. And one of the main things is that nothing should be done to you without informed consent. And even if you refuse what they're offering, they should... This is in your, the charter of rights and in... Um, uh, uh, um, what the AMA put out that they're supposed to do is that even if they don't agree with your choice, that there's no pressure. They respect your choice. Now, that is absolutely not happening, you know. And and I also want to say that um, there seems to be such a culture, I, I think it's been looked at in different ways in Australia, around, you know, respecting women's pain. And it seems to me that women's pain, women's... Um, uh, uh, suffering is is ignored and birth is a time when women are at their most vulnerable they're in pain they're frightened and i i see that that is absolutely taken advantage of and women's pain and suffering is is very callously ignored by both i feel uh, you know they're amazing people in the hospital system don't get me wrong but by the system and then, of course, by our elected representatives who obviously don't think this is a big deal because, you know, over, you know, I think 1993, I took part in another inquiry in South Australia into birth intervention and trauma, and all of this same stuff came out and nothing changed. So oh. there obviously is no real... Uh, uh, um, I don't know what to say, compassionate, no real caring about women and their bodies and their uh, feelings about themselves and their connection with their baby because that's what really suffers when a woman really suffers and her connection to her partner because that really suffers. Like I feel like we're talking about big stuff here in our society. Yeah, absolutely. And everything you've just described, I think really summarizes why even you know women who are in educated circles are still you know hesitant to do the research and hesitant mm. to empower themselves and are more likely to sort of put um you know the their birth in the hands of medical professionals because i feel like so much of society is geared against you and is trying to disempower you in that situation mm, mm. and i think look i mean i think that there is such simple solutions to this issue if if if, uh, if there was really any will to do something um, I think what it's become is not uh, is not where women are the main center here women and their babies and their well-being 
it's about politics and it's about money. And unfortunately, abnormal birth, you know, interventions, specialists, uh, um, you know, operating rooms, all of this stuff earns a lot of money for the birth industry. Mm. And they're a big lobby group, a very big lobby group, and they have the ear of our government. And this is really what stopped any, any real... Uh, uh, progress over the last 30 years. The, the, the research is all there. It's not, oh, well, we don't really know. We absolutely know what is good care. We know that the gold standard of care is continuity of midwifery care, that you have the same midwife in your pregnancy, in the birth, and postnatally. We know that babies and mothers uh, uh, do the absolute best uh, with that sort of care, and interventions are minimised to women who really need it. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing less than 5% in Australia have access to that care. Even though where there is that care, again, the research is there. Women are doing really well, but hardly anyone actually gets that care. Yeah, that's right. And I think you were saying as well that, you know, people who do do the research and do do classes like the one you offer and other birth education classes do have much better births. And that's, um, you know, that evidence is, is here. Yeah. Um, do you think yeah. that, you know, the reason that the, the recent inquiry hasn't found it so difficult to get women to share their birth trauma stories is because they feel so disempowered? Um, I think there are a number of things here. I, I, I hope I'm not going overboard here, but I think uh, when women suffer trauma to their bodies in the most intimate places, I think it's, if you look at the, the women who come forward after sexual assault, it's about 13%, right? I think, I think there are similar feelings around this. It is a really intimate place to have people doing things to you without your permission. And, and why you then end up with trauma. So I think that I think women uh, feel so awful about it that it's really hard to then tell somebody else and express it. I also think that women are made to feel, as I said before, you know, what are you moaning about? You've got a live baby. You know, shut up. <laughs> uh, and so I think women actually feel guilty for feeling so bad. And the other thing I think is just very practical. You know, women are really busy and exhausted with young children. So I think all of those things actually stop women coming forwards with this stuff and saying, that I think they're very confused because they know it's not right. But on the other hand, they're told it's absolutely fine. You know, everyone's going through this. This is what birth is like. It's horrendous. You know, this is what you hear. You know, birth is, is painful and frightening and... And I would like to say that, like from my experience, but also from births I've attended, and I attended my uh, the um, birth of my grandson two years ago at Sunshine Hospital. It was such a joyful, amazing experience for all of us. And I've seen so many women who have had amazing birth experience, like you guys as well. It was joyful, and we don't talk about that. We just talk about the, the awfulness of it. I think a lot more women just with just simply by making sure every woman has a midwife, continuity of care midwife, um, either in hospital or at home. And if she needs more care, if she's high risk, she can have a continuity of care midwife plus an obstetrician as a consultant. So that's what the evidence says, that basically at all levels of risk, having a continuity of care midwife is safer for women. So at higher levels of risk, you'd bring an obstetrician when you needed one, but your main care would still be a midwife 
whereas I think we believe the opposite. The more we pay, the higher the qualifications, the better we're going to be. That is absolutely not borne out by research. Big ball women, round of applause. Get my goals, women, round of applause. Know my roots, women, round of applause. If they come and get you, get you, get your armor done, my sweater. Gonna get a female, betcha, 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 she gon' catch her. Big ball women gonna come and applaud. Got my back, woman, I do applaud. I'm an F-E-M-A-L-E from the ghetto. Yeah, she got a brain and stiletto. She work by the now, still got time for the metro. Passing out of way and forget about the echoes of the ghetto. Cocking echoes, so she never leave the ghetto. Gotta tell them kids a memo. Cause in time she gonna let go, she a queen And you know she never leave They be waiting for a stumble, but she never trip again My God, F-E-M-A-L-E 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 Go, she a queen And you know she never leave. They be waiting for a stumble, but she never trip again. Ain't a tenant, class, wrong. Asking if baby got back, got it from the motherland. Mother Mary never met a mother can be like that. So far, only made in Africa. Cause the women in my village only carry five stars. from now-based birth educator Vanessa Shridman on why one in three birthing people in so-called Australia experience birth trauma, why it's become so normalised and how it can be avoided. The New South Wales inquiry has led to the Australasian Birth Trauma Association and maternal health academics calling for a national investigation into the matter. As Fiona Reid, a clinical midwife with decades of experience, said at the inquiry hearing, it's an act of erasure to be told that the only important part of the birthing experience is the end, the live baby and the live mother. We know that this is an inadequate measure of outcome. You can learn more about the inquiry, submissions and findings by going to www.parliament.nsw.gov.au. If this conversation brought up feelings of distress, please contact Lifeline on 131114. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Kavara. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. I'm Carnegie. Tune into Women on the Line next week on your community radio station.